This is John Martinka with another episode of the Getting the Deal Done podcast series. And my guest today is Cynthia Kaiser with Kaiser Advisors. Uh, Cynthia is a marketing and communication advisor. She does uh, communication coaching. Uh, she has a book titled Understanding Attachment Styles. And she also is a volunteer mentor for the SCORE program at the Seattle SBA office, which is how I have come to meet her uh, when I did a workshop for them recently. So welcome, Cynthia. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's talk a little bit about what a communication coach uh, does for people and also tell us a little bit about what you do on the marketing side. Okay. Well, my background quickly is I spent 20 years in-house for uh, law firms in Northern and Southern California. And in my coaching work with them, it was primarily based on business development and cultivating and sustaining business relationships for referrals, for revenue growth, for partnerships. And in my 20 years of working with lawyers, I realized that there are a lot of tools and strategies that different people need based on their different communication styles. And later in life, after a 20 year span, I put myself back into school and got my master's in communication. And while I was doing that, I had to research a bunch of communication theories and got to know attachment theory and attachment styles. And what attachment is, is it basically is how as a baby, you attach to your mother or caregiver and those elements of attachment or non-attachment carries through to individuals in adult. And it's the adult versions that I work with. So there are four quadrants. And there is a simple 36 question quiz that you can take online for free that tells you what your attachment style is. And based on those different attachment styles, there are specific tools and strategies to help you understand how to communicate most effectively and with positive results and ways to appreciate and respond to communication that you are receiving. And so it is a very interesting line to be able to help people regardless of the tools that they currently have to communicate in an effort to build and sustain long lasting client relationships to improve your business. Okay. So you mentioned business development. That is important to all businesses, whether they call it that or sales or customer service. Uh, it is sales and it is generating more business for the, for the company. Uh, give us a few tips on what you would do with 
people in those areas that are out there developing business? Okay, well, there is a theory that we legal marketers use that differentiates the term marketing from business development. So as a friend of mine long ago said to me, and I've used it ever since, marketing is one to many and business development is one to one. So in terms from a sales perspective, the marketing is your collateral, it's your business card, it's your website, it's your brochure. It is all of the information that you send out to the masses. Whereas business development is literally one to one. It is how you develop, cultivate and work on those relationships. So in sales, it is just as important to have a concise message and have concise collateral and a well-standing, mobily responsive website as it is to understand your potential clients and where you're going to get them and how you are going to speak to them to differentiate yourself and to make them feel that they are the special client that you have always wanted. So there are tips for doing both of those things, whether it be the marketing side or the business development side. And effective communication funnels to both. You have to have effective and succinct messaging in your marketing tools and the messages that you are putting out into the world about your business and how you want to attract clients. And you also have to have very specific tools and how you communicate in a one-on-one -on -one or team or client development meeting in order to adhere those relationships. Okay. So, you know, we talked before we went live on this about one of the things would be you help companies, people by providing scripts for effective communication now. I, I know we don't want people going out and reading or memorizing a script per se, but they have to know what they're talking about confidently. So tell us what you do in that area. Well, I try and get as much background as I can for any potential client that a small or medium sized business wants to attract. And once I know what client they are looking to get, I focus on ways that they can solve those potential client problems. The best clients are the ones who feel heard and who feel like their business owner or CPA or lawyer or um, relationship partner understands the issues that they have. So my scripting is all about making sure that when a pitch goes to a potential client, that they are really speaking to the client and the client's problems. And there needs to be some research behind a pitch meeting before a pitch meeting so that you 
as the business owner, come to the table with your tool belt intact in and that you understand what it is that your client wants and how you can best deliver that. Okay. So I know one of the things that you have on your one sheet is you work with conflict styles. Tell us about that. I love conflict styles. I didn't even know that such a thing existed. There are five different conflict styles and they range from avoiding conflict entirely, where nobody has a good outcome, to collaborative, which takes the most time, but all sides of a conflict are heard and all parties reach resolution satisfactorily. In between those two parts of the net are accommodating and compromising and combating. And those are not as effective, although they take less time. For anyone who feels like any conflict is going to be overwhelming, needs to take a step back and make sure so a tool for an avoidant conflictor is stepping back and realizing what is at stake and how they can gently and sweetly get their point across and heard without running away and being afraid of being yelled at or accosted. So the avoidance style is very different, let's say, from the combative style, where someone just comes in guns blazing, saying, this is my point, and this is my problem, and this is what it's going to take to resolve it, and it's all me, me, me. That doesn't resolve the conflict as opposed to just stamping it down. It doesn't resolve it. It just puts it on a shelf. And accommodating and compromising are similar in that they don't want to fight. They don't want to be in a conflict. Life is much better and much more simple and much easier when everyone's happy campy. And so they do whatever they can, including losing some of what they need to accomplish in order to resolve it and clear the decks. Collaboratively is really the best way to voice your own concerns and yet be respectful enough when it's sometimes very difficult to be respectful enough to hear the other side and their complaint. And the biggest tool I can offer for any of the five conflict styles is one, Nobody is ever 100% innocent. You bring baggage to a conflict, no matter what the conflict is that you are sometimes completely unaware of. It could be bags that you packed 20 years ago that come up in conflict and people need to understand that they have a part in it. Another wise, wise tip that I got from the John Gottman studio is that 
When you are in conflict, do not use the words never and do not use the words always because it's probably not accurate. So the more that you can take a moment and really think about the words that you're using in order to address the conflict, the better the chances are to resolve it on the other side. Okay. One of the things you have shared with me is you work with people who, as you say, have trouble finding the right words for difficult interactions and then they just blurt out something. How do you, how do you control, get them to control that? Well, the first step is to acknowledge that it happens. And once people acknowledge that their conflict styles and the way that they produce an argument is, is like that and, and the filter is not there and they don't take the time to really think about accurately what they wanna say. And so what comes across is fast and not well thought of. And the best analogy I can use for that is comedians. Comedians tend to swear and curse to get a fast laugh that's easy. But I have found, as I have watched comedians for more decades than I care to admit, that the ones who actually take the time to think about being funny the harder way and to not go to the swearing and to really think about effective word choices that are funny and sardonic and sarcastic and ironic without going to the swear is more thoughtful and it lands with more residents. I say the same when you are arguing in conflict. The more that you can think about accurate words to describe what you're feeling, as opposed to just blurting out what feels good to say and get off your chest, the better the chances of resolving the conflict. And this conflict could be with your business partners. It could be with clients. It could be with your landlord. It can be with anyone that you do business with. And a lot of times those conflict style, uh, situations are tenuous and they produce stress and they're upsetting. And so just taking a little bit more time at the front end to really understand and digest what the conflict is on your side and the other side, the better the chances to resolve it amicably and satisfactorily. So let's uh, move away from conflict a little bit because you told me you're a communication coach uh, mm -hmm. in the personal growth area to uh, help people uh, maintain, I guess, get and maintain relationships. So give us some tips on what to do so you don't get to the conflict situation at all possible. Well, conflict is all around us all the time. Um, reoccurring conflict is easy to abate once you've handled it well one time. Once you've handled a conflict, you and I, John, we have a conflict. 
Once we figure out successfully how to communicate together, additional conflicts that might come up within our relationship might be easier to decipher and muddle through once we know how we work with each other. It's, conflict is everywhere and it's going to happen in little scenarios in big scenarios with the checker at Target who doesn't want to give you a refund and you're frustrated and you don't know how to get your refund, but you have to. So when I work with clients, I have them call me or talk to me or send me an email that they want to say that is just rife with everything that they want to say, but is not well laid out at all. Part of the work that I do is help realign that messaging so that it doesn't fall upon deaf ears and that it does create a matrix for a successful relationship down the road, whether that be personal, your family, your significant, your friends, your workplace environment, all of those relationships take special cues on how to navigate when things get rocky. And sometimes it just means reaching out to me and saying, I wanna say ABC. And I say to my client, but you don't mean ABC. I know, but I'm upset. And what they wanna say is, I want you to move out. I don't want this relationship anymore. I'm done with you. And after speaking with them for a little while, I realized that what they really wanna say is, you don't hear me, I don't feel validated, and I wanna feel better about us in the relationship. Well, those two different phrases say very, very, very different things to your recipient. And people don't realize the magic and potential pitfall of the words they use. And so being a communication coach I find those words. I take a scenario, whether it be in the professional realm or a personal realm, and I figure out the best way to communicate the message. Okay, great. And that what you just said there in the last minute ties in with what was going to be my last topic to bring up, and you may have something else you would like to get out, because uh, you've shared with me that you work with people who think others do not listen to them. And what, what are the causes of that? Because we all know people who, uh, you know, we and others don't listen to. It's, um, it's a combination of lacking curiosity and having one's own script in one's head while being talked to. And so there isn't enough space in the brain to think about all that you're gonna say and think about all that you want to address and yet listen to the person who's talking to you. You've heard that there's a difference between hearing and listening. So hearing is when you just hear the sounds. You know someone's talking to you. You know that you should be looking at them 
you know that they're having nonverbals and you're just really on a periphery. When you listen, you are really focused on what the recipient, what the person next to you is saying and what they mean and what they want. A lot of times there is so much gray area in a conversation or conflict interaction that people aren't listening to what the other side wants or needs. And that's the first step in effectively communicating and effectively resolving conflict and effectively getting to know somebody is really being quiet and listening. And the biggest thing for coaches and consultants is being able to do that. I know that working for lawyers and law firms for the last 20 years, that it has been primarily about where they went to school, where they clerked with judges, where they went to their first law firm, and all about them. Thinking that all about them script is going to get them hired. When after many years and much research, it's really the ones who get the business the most are the ones that listen, the ones that don't talk about themselves and have done the research to understand what the potential client or person needs and responds to those needs. Even if it's things that aren't congruent, even if there are things like, well, I, I don't know how your case is gonna go, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot because I have heard that this is your problem. That's gonna go a much longer way than I've won every courtroom trial I've ever been in and I'll win yours too. Different messaging. Got it. So if, do you have anything else you'd like to get out? People don't realize that they don't communicate well. They think that because they have clients and they have friends and they've been married 20 years, that all's good. And what they don't realize is being an effective communicator can propel those relationships so much further. It's the same when I'm at a dinner party, well, before COVID dinner party, and I would see a couple and after a couple of cocktails, they weren't nice to each other. And they would get very sarcastic and mean and biting and all in the guise of, oh, you know, I'm just joking. As Freud says, there are no jokes. Once the filter comes off and alcohol gets included, it is even more difficult to be sweet and accommodating when you are having a discussion and those things come up. So being an effective communicator, well, it's changed my life for a very long time and it's changed the lives either professionally or personally for the clients that I've managed. And I enjoy it. I have a passion for it because I see what it's like on the other side when people do learn how to communicate more effectively. That last part's a very good message uh, to hear. And again, this is John Martinka with Cynthia Kaiser with Kaiser Advisors. 
You can go to her website, kaiseradvisors.com, K-A-I-S-E-R advisors.com, or reach her at her office at 206-420-2923. And it goes without saying, reach out to her if you have any issues with your personal or business communication, whether it be for yourself or your employees. Thank you for being here, Cynthia. Thank you for having me, John. It's been a pleasure.